Hey, you guys, I'm so glad to have our special guest with us, Mr. Jacob Philip Benning. He is a singer-songwriter from Northern California. His original music stems from a wide range of genres, from the Eagles to Led Zeppelin and Tracy Chapman to Sublime. Jacob has been building his career as a full-time musician in the San Francisco Bay Area and has expanded in recent months to the further reaches of California's Central Coast and Central Valley. Benning's vision is to perform music worldwide with his trio, simply titled under his name, to bring the enriching vibrations of rock and roll to the hearts of all, and to lyrically inspire the concepts of love for the earth, love for humanity, and to induce the joy of dancing and singing. And we're so glad to have you, Jacob, here as a guest on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm excited. I, I've been thanks a for having me, Jeriel. Advocate for you as it relates to your music, and I have listened to a lot of your songs, and I thought this would be really cool to have you on the show. And then I wanted to kind of highlight some questions, kind of based on some titles of your songs, and get your first natural reaction to each question. So, if you're ready, I want to kind of go straight into it. All right. So the first one we have is Old Ohio yeah, let's do it. Prison. Um, do you struggle with feeling trapped in your own head with negative thinking? And if so, how do you recenter yourself and find your inner peace? Hmm. You know, it's funny you're asking that question because today is one of very few days that I experience in life where it just feels um, like everything's going wrong, basically. Um, you know, this morning I spilt olive oil all over the countertop. I spilt matcha in my new car that I just bought like a month ago, um, all over the center console. And I think it was because I decided to not have coffee actively today. Like my body's just been feeling tense and trying to kind of switch things up a bit in that regard. Um, but I would say in terms of old Ohio prison, um, like, I don't think that that song, like it's that it's not relative to negative thoughts so much as it's a story that I've created about my biological dad, um, who I've never met in person, but I know that he was from Ohio. My mom had me with him. His name is Charles. Um, and then they never married and he was absent in my life essentially. But, you know, I'd gone to therapy as a kid and grown up. Um, you know, my mom was always checking in to make sure like, you know, I was a happy young child uh, without a father in his life, but um, things were great. Mom did everything she could to like, you know, make me happy and we'd go to the beach and she would, you know, feed me good meals. And it never felt like there was this insufficiency in my life, despite me not knowing my dad. So that song is particularly about creating somewhat of a fictitious story about him, of him like you know, being like a, a questionable, um, you know, uh, maybe like a dealer, like a dealer of drugs of some sort in, in Ohio and ends up in a prison and, and is sort of a workaholic. Um, it felt very like Southern vibe. I was going for like, you know, somewhat of a blues, if you will, of like, you know, like the, the struggles of life that, that maybe others can identify with and, and maybe it strikes a chord in that regard, um, just simply from creating a story that's essentially fictitious. And I love that you said that because sometimes our thoughts can be like a prison when we think of just 
when we get caught into the what ifs or if this scenario would, would have been different or if I would have been introduced to him of know more about, you know, who my dad was or just that vision of what I expected of him, it can sometimes be a hard thing moving forward. But as a musician, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're able to kind of put your art out there and, and pretty much talk about almost life in, in, imitating art, if you think about it, like just, hey, this is what I think it might be, but I'm not sure. But sometimes that can be a healing process. And I love that you said about, you know, seeking therapy and getting help, um, you know, being able to have your mother to kind of play a huge role in helping to raise you, but also to encourage you through these experiences. Because as a young kid, that can be really hard not to know what's really going on. Where, where do I come from? Or, you know, if that person was in my life or my childhood or adulthood have been different. So I'm glad that you were able to kind of share that with us for sure. Yeah, I think it, this probably sounds really West Coast of me, but there, there's a, a balance between being able to empathize, sympathize, identify with each other through the struggles we share. There's a huge component of community that's created through that. And then there's also the element of us each being creators and deciding how we want to perceive the world around us. And there is an element of having to get out of your comfort zone in a mental space in order to do that, especially if you come from um, a hard background um, with many challenges and struggles, which I would not say by any means that I come from like a severely strugglesome past. Like I I've grown up very privileged, honestly, living in California, young white male. Um, but um, everyone does experience struggle. And I think it's important to remind each other through, you know, forms of art, such as music that like, we can empathize with each other, even if we haven't experienced the same exact struggle, like, like, we all understand what pain feels like, or frustration, or, or loneliness, or whatever it might be. It's good to like, open those conversations. I 100% agree with that. And I think that's with maturity as well when we get older and we start to to go through those experiences you realize hey that person next to me may have had a little rougher than I did or maybe they didn't understand my journey but the more we we actually can develop what I like to call like altruism um, and start doing altruistic things for others and then being able to have that listening ear and actively hear what someone is saying and be there and present um, it helps us to definitely inspire others and, and learn from our mistakes as well if we make any so I think that's great and I do like that song I did hear that song and it's amazing so I want to go into another song dig my garden so for this one if you could plant any seed of inspiration into the minds of a new artist what would you tell someone who's just starting out in the music industry um I would say don't take things personally and uh, it goes back to my journey. I, I read uh, an, an author named Don Miguel Ruiz, um, The Four Agreements, very popular book. And one of the agreements that you make in order to achieve somewhat of a sense of self-actualization or, or just groundedness in who you are and self-acceptance is to not take things personally. Um, and that's been sort of a mantra of mine I've carried quite a bit the last couple of years realizing that um, life is essentially this movie that we're all starring in and people have their own experiences and 
total subconscious realities that are like, you know, 90% of the iceberg below the surface of the water that exists in us emotionally and mentally that, that we can't even begin to understand the intricacies of every individual's story, let alone the way they respond to it. And neither can they to a large degree. Therefore, if you don't take things personally, and we, and we can acknowledge that this person sees through their lens of life, and it's, it, it doesn't actually reflect something about you necessarily, then that, that gives you a sense of confidence. It's given me a sense of confidence to completely be myself in my art. And when I show up with that sort of authenticity, I see better responses in people who hear my music and have conversation with me and, you know, fill in the blank on engaging with other people, essentially. It, it's just, it's the way to go. I love that you said that. It's kind of like personalization, which plays a huge role for a lot of people. If I personalize myself based on someone else's um, maybe purview of what they see in me, then it can kind of pigeonhole me from reaching my full potential. But like you said, building connections and talking to people and being your authentic self. And I think music does that for you. Like when you're able to play a song or write a song or create a song, you know, people can say, hey, that's a Jacob record. And I can feel, you know, part of him in the music. And I think like when I think of a seed, it's it's not just the seed itself. It's where do we plant our seeds and how do we actually cultivate the seed? And it kind of goes into, if you've heard of Brene Brown before, she came up with um, the 10 guideposts for wholehearted living. And she talks a lot about cultivating specific things, but also learning to let go of things in our past. And I think like in order to find your true authentic self, you have to be able to know where you're cultivating those seeds, but also how do I water the seed and, and actually what what will actually grow from that foundation of where the seed was planted and so music to me is about actually getting close to finding your values and morals and you know the integrity that it takes to to be a strong individual in this industry but also what you won't stand for and and the types of people you surround yourself with i think plays a huge role um in the music industry from what i've seen mm. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely essential for I would say any branding or any business um, standpoint is is to clarify your market and like take a stand for what you believe in and like drive it home with complete authenticity and commitment and and then that that tribe that um, cohort to the people who agree with you and the people who disagree with you you know maybe the trolls out on social media are all going to have something to say because you have a stance and. And it opens conversation because it's visceral for, for other humans. I agree with that. And it, it kind of goes into my next question, which is about your song um, from whence I came. Um, and I thought it would be good to kind of take a look back. But if you could take a look back or, or maybe take a moment back in time and revisit your 18 year old self, what would you tell 18 year old Jacob today? Hmm. Oh, goodness. So many things come to mind. And I think if I were to just tell 18-year-old Jacob one thing, it'd probably be um, 
like take more risk and hmm yeah take more take more risk and um you know approach life with more open heartedness and less judgment and um yeah i get i mean that all starts with like cultivating that within yourself first you know having confidence and also accepting yourself you can accept others in the world around you like that would have set me on a course for like doing music full-time like I am now much earlier in life and I'm 31 now so um yeah I think that 18 year old Jacob could have benefited from that advice and gotten into a music career at that point in in his life and I think that's the honest answer thank you Jacob for sharing that because I think for a lot of young artists it can be difficult to know when to start or um knowing you know where is this going to lead for me and i think that <clears throat> through your time and experience that you mentioned is that you've learned a lot about yourself in these years and so i i i know for myself if i go back to when i was 18 i wasn't even thinking clearly <laughs> at that age to like make the best decisions in my life in every aspect of it but i know if i was a musician that would be something that I probably, if I could go back, I would say, hey, I would definitely want to start younger um, because then you you start to mature and then you can listen back to the music and see how you've actually been able to build that connection with your fans. Yeah, and the truth is, is if I could modify it a bit, I would actually say, Jacob, just trust your heart. You know, trust the path that you are creating now and don't think about, or, or, you know, just be trustful. Like, and it's a sense of presence that I would encourage 18 year old Jacob to have, because the truth is, is that the journey I decided to create for myself at the age of 18 led me to become the person I am today. And I am satisfied with who I am. Um, and of course, there's been many times through, you know, these past 13 years of my life between 18 and now where I've doubted why did I do this or why did I make that decision or why did I go to college and now I'm playing music? I could have been doing this sooner. Like, um, I think that's something I still need to detox from is feeling as though there's some sense of regret about decisions I've made when really um, it, it's all shaping me in ways that I, I could never foresee um, that, that are good. And I agree with that as well. I feel like, you know, sometimes we we live in life full of regrets for some people and others can say, hey, that experience has led me to where I am now. And I think even with college, if someone is listening and they're thinking about going to college, you know, if that's something that you have a passion for and you feel like that's going to be a viable career that you'll be able to build, great, you know, go for it. But if you are having thoughts of, hey, I might want to just leave high school and go straight to travel to a different city or state and see where my career takes me. You know, you have to follow your dream in your heart and not just follow maybe the status quo, which you believe others are wanting from you, because that can sometimes detour us from a lot of things that were planned for us that we miss out on um, based on what we see others are doing. So I think that's sage advice for a lot of people to just kind of look back and say, you know what? Let me go for it because sometimes that might be the best decision for you. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I feel fortunate now to be entering into therapy with my mom, who we've 
haven't had therapy since I was 15. And I basically, you know, made an ultimatum because, you know, there's been this kind of friction of my mom wanting my life to look a certain way uh, in order for it to look successful and for her to feel satisfied. And um, it's, uh, you know, I think it's the, in my opinion, it's, it's this sense of we need to follow this authority of what success looks like. And I guess, you know, the thing is, is we just have different definitions, right? You know, success to me is I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm satisfied, I'm fulfilled, I have community, I have love, I have support. Um, and, you know, I feel the full spectrum of emotions from happiness to sadness and, and, and you know, and completely human in that. Um, success to my mom looks like having a nine to five and a 401k and climbing a corporate ladder and X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blank. I think, um, we all know what that picture looks like. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just good to like, accept that we have different perspectives. Again, going back to like, not taking it personally, that's been the biggest journey in my relationship with my mom is like, Jacob, no need to take it personally that she sees success differently than you do. If you know that you feel successful, then that's the most important thing. Like the the way your heart feels is valuable. Like you make the decisions for your life and have that internal dialogue of empowerment. Jacob, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. The internal, internal dialogue is something I'm always talking about with my clients on being a, a LPC and, and for full time and talking to people about these concerns. And this is something everyone knows about me is that you have to rehearse positive mental imagery within yourself first. And if you're not believing it within you first, it's going to be hard for other people to fully buy into it. So I think you made a really great point of, you know, just knowing who you are or defining who you are and success doesn't necessarily have to mean monetary. It can mean you finding your your health and finding your, the love for yourself, which means setting boundaries with people who may or may not understand that journey that you're on. So I love that. That's a really great response to it. Yeah, taking on the role of creator, you know, like uh, accepting what that may look like. And there's so many different approaches to it. Absolutely. So I have a fun question for you. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would you have on that billboard and why? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Hmm. What would I have on a billboard and why? Now, does it need to be a picture or can I have like actual humans doing something on this billboard? <laughs> Whatever you want, it's your billboard. We Jacob, you tell us what you want us to see. <laughs> oh, I would I would totally hire like the Blue Man group from Vegas to just like do a, an awesome 24-hour straight uh performance on a billboard where, you know, like maybe it's this like sort of green green screen background thing where it can just constantly shift into these different photos and it's all like synchronized with like a performance that they do. Um, and they're just up there like on the billboard or like popping their heads through holes or like have green suits on themselves, even though they're called the blue man group. And so then their bodies can like, look like 
the scenery that's being changed digitally. Um, I don't know. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, because <laughs> sure, it'd be dangerous because it'd be entertaining and everyone would want to watch. But at the same time, it would also take people out of their their routine. You know, like it would like make them think like, what is going on? And just totally trip them up. Like if you ever like see a flash mob just strike in the middle of New York City, like those are like the moments where humans are like stoked about other humans, right? That's true. <laughs> That's a fun concept, but you might need to copyright that and be like, hey, Blue Man Group, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking of one, if I did one, I would have like, I'm gonna use a Golden Girl reference but I would have like Sophia on there with a big old like thought bubble and say, picture it. And then everyone can like kind of come up with their own picture it, like whatever, like she says, Sicily 19, whatever. It would just be like so funny. Like, cause everyone knows that pretty much knows that reference. And I think it'd be like funny to have individuals on there, like picture it, like when, as they travel through town and, and they can kind of talk about like what adventure they're going to go on and how it makes them feel like I think that will be just so funny or, or have like Dorothy in the background saying come on mom mom <laughs> something like you know like something funny interactive or I would have something like I love the Geico commercials and so like having the gecko just <laughs> doing something really crazy and just saying you can save high don't if you switch to Geico <laughs> or something like fun like that because I like to laugh so mm-hmm. I would want something that would make me laugh and think outside the bubble and I think when we think of tv references you know that is an eye catcher for a lot of people where someone might stop and really want to know more about it so for me those two might be something down the wheelhouse I would use <laughs> heck yeah and true story I've never seen Golden Girls really okay really i'm just i'm so sheltered when it comes to pop pop culture you know i'm kind of a nature boy i end up you know going outside and taking my shoes off and and feeling the earthworms between my toes you know (laughs) okay (laughs) so we got to switch it up like i need to get more into nature and i'm gonna get you more into tv so like we we, we, balance yeah we gotta balance it out so that way i can kind of get into nature i mean i'm going out and done a few things but not as often and so that's something i need to get more into for sure i, th- I think that's a really cool concept i love the blue man group so i i love that you say that that's really cool <laughs> Be the green, green man group for sure up there the green screen yeah the green screen group <laughs> yeah. so can you answer this one for me if you could have dinner with any three people you, they can be either someone who's alive or someone who has passed who would you choose and why? Oh, three people. Wow. Hmm. Well, oh gosh, that's, that is challenging. Um, three people, dinner. I would like to have dinner actually with my biological dad, he passed away a few years ago from heart disease. And uh, so then the, it felt like this door had closed to where I would never get to meet him. Uh, obviously, like, true story, wouldn't get to meet him. And so it would, it would be good to actually like have a conversation with him since like, that's not possible at this point. Um, for all kinds of like, obvious reasons, just like, hey, like, what was life like? And, you know, what was your story behind, like, you know, 
doing your thing and like obviously not being in mine and like coming approaching it with like no bitterness attached uh, and authenticity um second person would probably be probably tony robbins um he's you know it's like a financial advisor. He writes books. He's a motivational speaker. He came from nothing. He owns Feed America. He's a billionaire, I think, or a trillionaire or something like that. Um, you know, like it'd be great to just absorb his perspective on life, like, and just get him in like a one-on-one situation rather than just hearing the motivational speaking and wanting to hear more like, you know, what, what nuggets he would have specifically for me sitting down to dinner together. Um, because who doesn't want to be wealthy, right? And um, third person would probably be mm, I would probably like love to talk to like a Native American chief, um, someone who like lived before Western contact, someone who like, you know, was completely culturally um, encapsulated in what the Native Americans were like before Western culture came and tried to document it all. Like as soon as they came, like Indian culture changed. So like to know what it was like for life here, say maybe particularly in California, like a, like a Pomo, Kashaya Pomo uh, native chieftain, like to be like, what is life like? And to have a translator, I guess, but to, to get, to get some intel from him. I think those are the three really amazing answers. Um, I do have some family members who are Native American and just that would be a great experience. I think I would want to have a talk for sure with Jay Shetty. You Have you heard of Jay Shetty before? Okay, well, no. look him up on, he has his own podcast. It's called On Purpose with Jay Shetty. And um, his last name is S-H-E-T-T-Y. Mm. And he really is amazing. He's a monk and it's amazing. I love Jay for sure. So he would be the first person I would definitely choose on a list. I think the second person would be Brene Brown. Have you heard of Brene Brown? I, I know I talked about it a little earlier. I haven't heard of her, no, but I've written her down since you mentioned her. One thing I love about Brene is that she... She's actually um, been interviewed by Oprah. She's done a lot of great things. She's actually had a, a, I think it was a show on Netflix, but I love that she's written a couple of books. She has a book called Dare to Lead. That's a really amazing book. And she has a book called The Gift of Imperfections. But she talks a lot about like working through shame and guilt and being authentic. And so I think that she would be an amazing person to sit down and talk with. And then the third person would actually be someone who has passed, which would be Dr. Martin Luther King. And for many reasons, I think he had a lot of wisdom and he stood for um, not only just for people of color, but he stood for just equality and respect and inclusiveness. And so I love that the legacy that he left behind was more of light and less of darkness. But even despite him not being physically here, that his impact is still shifted and shaped a lot of lives. And so for me, definitely Dr. Martin Luther King will be number one on my list um, of someone I would like to talk to. And then just kind of getting insight from people of this generation and their insights and the messages that they're trying to convey. 
um, will be my three. Mm, yeah, Martin Luther King's a good one. Absolutely intelligent person who had really good intentions and would probably have like, you know, if he was brought into this present era, just like have total culture shock one and two definitely have a good dose of insight to to you know integrate into our modern world 100 percent. i mean he's someone who i've always admired and looked up to and so that's someone for sure i mean i think would change it'll be a life-changing experience just to sit in a room with him and just have him talk to me about his life and his experiences um, another one I forgot, um, Nelson Mandela is another person who I would have loved to just kind of sit in the cell with him and talk to him about life and his experiences. Just a really great individual. So yeah, I, I love learning new things from people, but those two, I think just two totally different perspectives, but they really, really reshaped a community, you know? And so for sure, I think those two. Mm. Yeah, good choices, my friend. Thank you. All right, so I have two more questions for you, Jacob. So the first one is um, your song, Testify. And so I just came up with a question. It may not be related to the song, but I thought it'd be really cool to ask this question. Um, if you could tell us, what is the best song that you felt that you've released and why? So I'm putting you on a spot to choose out of all your songs. Which one is your favorite? Definitely from Whence I Came. Um, reason being, I wrote this song the first week that COVID happened. So I think the story that's attached to it is, um, really visceral when I share it with other people. And the story goes that I went out to a regional park, um, you know, maybe two or three days after it was reported that everything was shut down. And on the drive there, I didn't see a single car on the road. I didn't hear a single airplane when I was on a hike. And I didn't see any other humans either. It was springtime in March and, you know, wildflowers were coming out here in California and there was streams, creeks running from the, the rains of the wintertime. And it was this really surreal moment where I felt so in tuned with the gentle sensation of nature and unadulterated by like machines and human-made noise that it became what I call the canvas for the song and um, so that song also just gets a lot of really good feedback from people like it's a it's a good song that's as my musicians friends say is not 100% diatonic which means that it kind of like steps out of the the boundaries of of what you'd expect the do re mi fa sol la di do scales to go by and um and just lyrically it feels like i succeeded at something that kind of came out of me that was beyond me too i love that and i feel like when you release something and you get that feedback from others and it's not only positive feedback, but it's an opportunity for you to remember, this is kind of like a masterpiece, something that I created, you know, from a moment that could be perceived as just one of the hardest times in our life right now for many of us who've experienced um, the results of COVID of just getting used to life since COVID or, you know, after COVID for many people who've, who've survived it. You know, I think it's great that you were able to release a song during that period where people can really kind of connect with for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And people do feel a connection. I think more people than ever realize that they want to reintegrate into a more simple lifestyle, more minimalistic, less technology, less things and less stimulation, more gentleness, more, um, like, you know, more listening, I would say, and less productivity, more community. Like I, I just honestly, you know, COVID has been seen as like, you know, in many minds as if COVID is all terrible, but really, you know, I mean, any disaster, no matter what it is, like, will have some positive effect. It will bring people together. People will step up and help others who have been victims. Um, people will realize, you know, when they lose everything from a wildfire, say, and those are obviously very relevant here in California, they realize what's important in life. And it's almost as if their slate has been wiped clean. And it is a huge relief for so many people. Like that's the feedback I've gotten from that natural disaster. And so all that to say, to have an element, uh, you know, a, a piece of art that's out in the world that kind of has a timestamp on it of something that the entire world experience feels really powerful. Absolutely. I think you summed it up perfectly because we have to just kind of sit back sometimes and just realize that we, we should be grateful for what we do have, but also it's about moving forward past the, the pain and knowing that COVID played a role, but it's not the ultimate end, end all be all for our lives. Like it's, it's something where we can learn a lot from, from just experience in general. And I know I've been through um, two hurricanes, um, Katrina and Rita, and just how difficult it was to rebuild in your mind first before actually deciding where I was going to live and how life was going to look. But it really, it changed, it definitely changed me as a human being but it also allowed me to understand that everyone, you know, can decide to work together for a good cause or they can choose to hold on to the pain and, and not move forward. So I think you're right on that for sure. Absolutely. And I think disaster really highlights people's characters. Um, it, it's, it springboards everyone's energy that they can usually maybe like keep I don't want to say suppressed, but I would say keep like civilized or domesticated or balanced or in check. Um, it, it, you know, it brings down a lot of veils. People become more transparent and real with each other. And I think there's a huge benefit to that, especially if you're in community with people like, like being honest, obviously really important element in relationship and community. Um, so again, another positive from that comes from disasters that a lot of people are, can be blind to, but I choose to actively bring that up in conversations when COVID seems to be brought up with just like nothing but negativity. Um, it, you know, when it's appropriate, of course, it's always important to know when your audience quote unquote has open ears and open hearts. Absolutely. And so my last question I have for you, Jacob, is what's next for you and how can our listeners find you online? Yeah, well, exciting news, actually. Speaking of my song, From Whence I Came, I'm going to be releasing a music video uh, this Saturday, April 9th, and I will be posting a YouTube link in my in my bio 
uh, for Instagram and my handle is at Jacob Philip Benning. Philip has one L and Benning is spelt B as in boy, E-N-N-I-N-G. Um, uh, Instagram's my main thing that I post on and I have gigs every single weekend, primarily around the North Bay of San Francisco, Sonoma County, Napa County. Um, my trio plays in Sacramento and we just got back from playing at the Hearst Castle on the Central Coast, which is this historic state park on 80,000 acres. And we did a fundraiser through Dignity Health for a cancer society. Um, so we have a lot of exciting things coming up with things opening up and, you know, people relaxing a bit about COVID and live music is coming back into play. So we're hoping to um, make it up and down the West Coast through Washington and Oregon this September with a rock and roll band from Ohio. I'm blanking on their name right now, but so many fun things and I advertise it all through social media. So definitely if you're listening, please um, follow me on Instagram and Facebook and you will see what all awesome things are coming up. Well, I'm just so excited for you and I can't wait to see the music video when it comes out. And you have been an amazing guest here on Black Canvas and I would love to have you back to perform. If you would like to sing live, we would love to hear you. Oh, that'd be an honor. Awesome. So yeah, I'll have you back on my second show, uh, which is called Space Between. And so we do a lot of live performing and I would love to hear you sing your songs, especially from Once I Came. It's a really amazing song. Oh, I can't wait, Jeriel. That's great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jacob, for being here. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you so much, Jacob, for being on the show. And I will keep in touch with you. And we're going to put that on the schedule and have you back soon. Thank you, Jerry. I'll be blessed. Okay, you too. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, bye-bye. I'm not afraid.